0: This episode of Pondering Nerdcast was brought to you by GamingRebellion.com. Join the community today at GamingRebellion.com, where it's more than just games. Hi guys, Mickey here with Pondering Nerdcast, coming to you with an exclusive interview with Kalen Pickens-Rich, illustrator of Dill, the 10-year-old comic book artist living life in 1999. She's also the creator of the comics Born to Crash, Dining with Dana, and Undead Machinery. Here we go. So what do you go by? Do you go by Kalyn, Dr. Kalyn,
1: Dill, Dr. Dr. Dill? <laughs> Great. Dr. Kalyn usually.
0: Okay, Dr. Kalyn, And why the doctor part of your... Why the doctor title?
1: Because the thing is, I, uh, at least seeing how I grew up in France, they usually attribute, like, Mr. or Mrs. or, you know, Mademoiselle. I think they do the same thing here, Ms. Yeah. And I don't like that. I I want to be a doctor, so. (laughs) And I had a, during my gap year, I... I was creating all of these different projects in, um, in a junction with Dill Comics and I, I felt the whole Mad Scientist vibe. That, that just, <laughs> I don't even know where it came out of, I'm going to be 100% honest with you. <laughs> it's just one day, <laughs> I was like, I am a doctor.
0: That sounds cool. And and the your goggles aesthetic definitely plays into the whole Mad Sci- Scientist thing. Yeah, so I did that. <laughs> Guess that's the really two just sort
1: of coordinated. So
0: yeah, right on. Okay, yeah, and and it's kind of fitting. Like you know, you're stirring up some, your creative juices are flowing, and it's it's uh being added to the your Bunsen burners and your yeah. lab, and you're conjuring up some magical illustrations. <laughs> that's exactly. also teaching tools. So yeah, there's a lot of um, there's there's some uh. Visual alchemy.
1: Yeah, dangerous chemicals being mixed together. Yes, I see that. A lot of
0: stuff. Right on, right on. So when I saw your table at the Women in Comics Convention in the Bronx, um, there was a huge sign in the front that said Lemon Stand. Why the Lemon Stand?
1: Well, the story about Dill is that he is a... Child who has existential issues, and he has a difficult time in life because other people don't understand him. He has this feeling that he's in a comic, that and no other characters seem to really have that feeling. Just Dill has it. He he has a sort of surface impression of the fourth wall. (laughs) <laughs> and he can't quite reach it. And he, so he talks a lot about life. And the lemon stand is about taking the lemons in life and going from bitter to better. So Dill sells lemons. He sells the the essence of life, the, the bitterness of it. But his goal is to add a little sweetener, basically.
0: Okay. Wow. That's that's really cool. That dill reminds me of Lucy from Charlie Brown. Oh. (laughs) And I really dug that about Lucy because, you know, Charlie Brown, he was just this young boy living life and being so confused about everything. And Lucy was so clear about how things are supposed to be. And don't we all want that self-assuredness? Well, (laughs) And for someone to, like, to help us out with our you know our lives and and so i guess dill is the lucy of of his world of his universe
1: well actually when i was very young i i started dill when i was about 6 or 7 and he was the only character that i would draw and my teachers got concerned and they called my mother in and they told her that they wanted me to stop drawing him no kidding and- My mother decided Mm -hmm. to show me, she introduced me to um, Charles Schultz. Camille, Andrea Rich, my fabulous mother, she um, introduced me to Charles Schultz and explained how he would draw the same character all the time. And he had made a career out of it and that there was nothing wrong with that. So in a sense, I was inspired by Charlie Brown. Okay. Okay.
0: But also, Dill is his own person, so...
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Dill is completely different. It just encouraged me to... Since you mentioned Charlie Brown, (laughs) it could actually... That's something that hugely encouraged me to pursue comics. Okay. Okay.
0: Well, let me ask you this question. If Dill and Lucy were to open up a psychiatry practice, (laughs) what demographic would they serve?
1: Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, well, first of all, what demographic does Lucy serve? Hmm,
0: well, for sure, her friends, anyone who would listen, I think. Yeah. Anyone who would cross her path. So she doesn't discriminate. Um, She would offer her two cents to anyone and everyone.
1: Well, but the, the thing deal- about. Oh, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Uh, I was just going to say that the thing about Lucy is that. It's a bit of. Um, I always saw it at least as a bit of a jab at how kids are trained to be entrepreneurial at such a young age. Yes, because she's very much a businesswoman. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Okay.
0: That's, and that's, and Dill. Yeah, I don't. I don't get that much of a v- that kind of vibe from Dill.
1: Yes, for yeah. Dill, he is more looking to understand himself he he does not understand the material things in his world he feels like he feels very very disconnected I so see. the whole the whole business aspect of it is a little more complicated for him it's more like he's in search of himself through his own lemon stand business
0: okay okay Okay. Now, now I understand that. Okay. So it's, it's definitely his, um, it's it. So is that an effort for him to have the exchange, like to learn from the exchange of the lemon stand, his exchange with other people?
1: Well, a lot of it is true. It is interaction, but he's also trying to, it's true that he's also trying to understand how other people function, you know, kids, Kids have a lemonade stand, and Dill tries to do the same thing, and it turns into a lemon stand. So he's, <laughs> yeah, he's he's trying to, I suppose, understand how the other kids work, but he does everything in his, uh, from his own perspective. Okay. Okay.
0: Well, um, I I saw on your Patreon account that you described. Dill's world as and I quote, to teach kids about political sociology, our existence with and within an ever expanding universe and the okay. self. So is that the the goal of Dill as a character or of the overall uh,
1: series? It's the overall series. Gotcha. Because from Dill, other characters were spawned, And some of them have their own independent web comics, like um, uh, Born to Crash or Plaid, and especially um, Dining with Dana. Gotcha. And but they all pretty much carry the same message about questioning your purpose on this earth. It's all, especially for for kids because kids tend to be very disconnected and is as You become, as you grow and become an adult, you're sort of taught or made to feel that you have to become grounded. But there's that sort of disconnection when you're a kid and the the aim of the comics is to, to maintain that, to bring it back, to bring that feeling where you sort of lie awake at three in the morning wondering why you small human are on this, you know, giant ball of earth and water
0: okay okay and and you you mentioned born to crash yes i gotta say denver the developer (laughs) he has a a a warm place in my heart so i didn't know about that (laughs) that character i didn't know about born to crash when i met you at the convention but when i started reading up more about um your other works i really dug denver the developer i love his corny jokes and I, I mean, I just totally relate to all of his uh, frustrations with coding and programming. <laughs> so I, I really dig how you, you offer these great characters for all these different uh, storylines, all these different uh, kinds of people, you know, and different readers can really respond to that and relate to that. Oh, so. I'm glad you liked it. <laughs> yeah, no, I do. And, and then Dana, I mean, yo, Dana <laughs> is just fabulous. <laughs> I mean, boy, <laughs> ballsy, and just out there in the world, and <laughs> just being her sarcastic self, and just her her place. <laughs> I just really appreciate her just being present in in comics, being present in your series, and. You know just your your overall work in general is very punk like this this (laughs) punk aesthetic this punk attitude that just made my heart flutter which is why I came to your table in such a rush and um, so it made me wonder if you create characters that reflect maybe yourself maybe your family your friends your peers is there someone in particular who inspired you to uh, Illustrate in the style that
1: you do? Well, it all sort of um, comes from various moments and people in my life. Okay. So, for example, um, when I started Born to Crash, is when I when I um, got into programming school and I saw that they had absolutely no visuals and I needed visuals, so gotcha. I thought I should just share it with everyone. And Dana came from my second gap year. She, she, um, she developed then. And when I had time, more time for self-reflection, more time to grow, as a human being, well, Dana was just like this positive light. And she she really developed at that time. The Pratt comics are now because I'm going to Pratt Institute. It all comes at different times in my life. And especially just the people around me in general, even if it's just people I know or people that I see outside or events that happen. You know, a lot of a, a lot of it comes from short life experiences, so I'll maybe hear someone talking about something, or a small thing will happen that will slightly annoy me, and then I'll decide to do a project about it or a whole comic. And, you know, I suppose just generally people who are close to me have probably influenced um, my comics a lot. A lot of people attach my character... Uh, some of my characters to my um my brother I have two brothers and one were really close in age and a lot of people attach like certain characters to him for some reason I think well maybe that's that's kind of funny but maybe it's because we we grew up together and my my smaller characters they attach him to my younger my younger brother so I don't know it's a variety of things. <laughs> Yeah.
0: And and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with being inspired by the cool aspects of uh, of someone's personality or Oh no, um, I love how um, they approach the world like
1: I just love
0: there's there's some there's such a thing as a muse.
1: Yeah, I love hearing just people in general. Because just people in general are just really interesting. Yeah. And mm-hmm. a lot of I I notice a lot of my characters are composed of just tons of people compacted into like this one character that, you know, just the influence this one particular character.
0: Okay. Okay. So, so I guess sociology, psychology, that's your ideal subject matter to explore with your characters.
1: Yeah, basically, Mm -hmm. you know, they, they all sort of, and they, the thing about my characters is that they evolve over time. They take a long time to evolve. So for example, Denver, the developer, that you were talking about, I invented him when I was 14 years old, and I had an interest in, like, I was hu- hugely fascinated by Steve Jobs, especially at that age, and no I invented character, yeah, <laughs> called Denver, and I uh, decided that he was a 14-year-old genius, and he still is 14 years old, but he he's changed like over time he changed a lot even Dana invented her at the same age and she was really skinny she was 14 and then she as her personality grew she grew bigger as well okay um well
0: let's let's get into a bit about uh your attending Pratt right because you mentioned that you are attending Pratt currently um Mm -hmm. congratulations I know (laughs) quite a few people there and Boy, is so much creativity that I know of coming out of there. Um, but you are attending Pratt from forty-two. What brought you to Pratt from from your uh, from your education at forty-two?
1: Wow. Um, well, that was a story. Uh, originally, well, see, I went to forty-two for about a year and a half. Technically, I'm still there. But, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, technically speaking, and. I started developing this project to teach kids how to code through comics and I began these test comics for the, um, for an orphanage in Nepal.
0: Oh, wow. I actually, I I actually know someone who's working in Nepal right now on uh, a grant that he just received. Um, I forgot the name of the grant, but what, what, what brought you to, uh, um, uh, you're you're working with Nepalese children
1: well I was actually it, it was through a connection and okay. I was supposed to go to Nepal and I had this to actually, uh, actually go there and actually teach them actually test the comics out with the kids and well I had a weird feeling I was just not feeling I was like I don't really want to go right now I don't know why and so I didn't and then the earthquake happened at the time that I was supposed to be there. So
0: <laughs> I see.
1: after that bit, I decided, hey, maybe that's a sign that it's time to move on. And I wasn't going to school. I hadn't been in school for several months. I was working on my personal projects, but I felt like, okay, it's it's time for me to go back and, and continue to study and just try to get a degree and I, I was also missing, like I really missed the, uh, the whole environment, the whole, especially in academics, like I just love that people exchanging ideas and things, so, so I felt like it was time basically. Yes,
0: yes, I, I definitely got that from you when I spoke to you as briefly as I did um, at uh, the convention. Um, so I I want to go a bit into your the business side, the the I guess the the evolution of your work um, here in New York at Pratt and just as a professional artist and illustrator. And I wanted to pick your brain a bit about where your future. where where your future will will possibly be led um because I'm I'm I I want to see more of your work of course and I would I'm curious to know if um if uh if this uh current body of work of yours is um if it's in flocks if it's going to expand yada yada so Mm -hmm. (laughs) so I'll just I'll get right into it um Talk a bit about your custom comics work. Do you enjoy more the act of illustrating or creating or a body of work in comics? You know, comics is very specific and Mm -hmm. um, illustration, I mean, you can, the sky's the limit when it comes to illustrating, right? So um, is it more about the creation or more about the body of work in comics that brought you to this uh, current oeuvre?
1: (laughs) Well, um. After high school, I actually um, took a gap year. And during that time, I illustrated. I did a couple of illustrations for Time Out, and my um, uh, Musée arnudique, uh, sorry, Galerie Art Yes, in, yes. Uh, The 4th. And it's like Magazine Sud West, um, some things like that. And I, I think also that I was allowed a lot of creativity. And maybe. Possibly. I, I could have possibly gotten lucky, but I I really enjoyed that. I also enjoy having a certain cri- – having criteria because I believe that even within restraints, it actually helps you to focus and it reinforces your creativity because you're not really all over the place. You, you have a goal in particular. And during the um, – during the the Comic-Con well i drawing people live at a booth is something that i had never done before but i really enjoyed it like i really like cap trying to capture at least the essence of the people in front of me you know you you talk to them for a couple minutes but you don't really know these people and it's such a challenge to actually get them on paper and get these the idea of this whole human being on one sheet of paper in five minutes and I really enjoyed that challenge I thought it was a lot of fun
0: have you ever been to Times Square have you seen the the illustrators on working on the street
1: yeah I have I have they are the real They're, deal man <laughs> yeah that's that's great I love it though yeah it's great
0: no, but your your um those quick uh, illustrations of yours were really amazing to to see in person as well. Thank you. <laughs> so I, I really dug that. Um The Women in Comics convention that you did, that was your very first one. Yes. What was that like for you? And did you get any value from that? From that experience? Oh yeah.
1: Yeah, I thought, I mean, I thought, first of all, the the convention was amazing. All the organizers did a great job, in my opinion, and it was such a safe space. I felt really like people were helping each other out, and I felt this sort of friendliness in the space, which was also something that you don't normally get. Like, you don't get that at all conventions, really, and... I mean, I had only been to bigger conventions, so it's a little more dispersed, but that was very focused. And a lot of the people who were visiting were really interested in what they were looking at, even if they didn't know about comics. And people welcomed welcomed them, you know, they, there was no shame or anything. So I thought, I thought it was a great experience. It's definitely something that I would do again.
0: Wonderful. Because I, I love cons, so I hope to see you again in, in future conventions. That would be great.
1: <laughs> well, that would be great.
0: <laughs> um, all right, cool. Um, well, this question has to do with the mainstream dollar, so to speak, right? Because, um, in my opinion, your, your work, it's not, it's not like traditional comic characters styling, you know, um, but in a good way. And yeah. if a mainstream uh, purchasing kind of person, like someone who wants the usual suspects, the Superman characters, the, the the Batman characters, the Marvel or DC heads, when they look at your work and they're interested in purchasing it, what, what, what do you think, would that even change... Your opinion of them as a consumer of your work. If um, okay, I'll explain a little bit more. So, well, the person who I have in mind is a viewer. Her a viewer who uh, they 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 prefer characters that fit their mainstream standard of beauty or their mainstream concept of what's considered comic book entertainment, right? Mm-hmm. And and they choose to buy your work. What's would that affect your opinion of them as as a, a new fan of yours? like do you do you target people well, who, in your opinion, would appreciate your uniqueness? I or does it even never, matter? Like, do you even care?
1: I grew up around so many different types of people. <laughs> like, like people I had uh, ever since I was a kid, I've had friends who had nothing to eat. To friends who had three kitchens in their house, um, I do not see the difference between anyone. <laughs> so I, I literally have no opinion because the thing is, you, you, one might be under the impression that this person will judge you in a certain way when really they, you have no idea. You don't really know that person. Um, you know you. Perhaps I haven't spent enough time with them, and a lot of people—you would be surprised how they how they really are, like genuinely, just as human beings. So it wouldn't affect my view of them anyway, in any way. And I don't really have expectations for anyone who reads my comics. I don't, I don't believe that they should be um, in a certain category. I don't think all my readers should be huge indie. Indie comic fans, so I I would not judge, and I'm n- in no place to judge anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: I hear you, I hear you. I am I'm, I'm of the mindset that um, everyone's entitled to their opinion, and you know opinions are like a holes. We all have one, <laughs> and <Yeah. laughs> I I find I find your stance to be completely fair. And I I I've been to a few conventions in my time and i see that a lot of artists they'll have a lot of very unique works um under their belts a lot of just different bodies of works that they don't really showcase out there because that's unfortunately not um what sells as much as like i said the usual suspects the usual characters the marvel yeah. versus the cd the dcs and so i really appreciate artists like yourself who off, uh, who offers the world um, of uh, of conventions something different? <laughs> that's just that's well, my way of saying, I appreciate you.
1: Hey, thank you. <laughs> and one thing that I did notice though, is that in America, comics people tend, uh, tend to associate comics with what we, you were saying Marvel and d c and while I appreciate, especially Marvel comics. Uh, in France, people are m- a little bit more flexible. They, the American comics are seen as just that American comics, and it's, bon- the world of bande Dessinée in France and Belgium, it's pretty much viewed as an art. I, I'm a sorry. A lot can- of, a can- lot of them are actually for, geared towards adults, and they have a wide variety of styles, or there's not really one, uh, specific style that's uh, that's seen as perfectly acceptable so okay there there's a bit more uh like it's it's a really big deal there it's a bit more of an art art form it seems as for here it, it's an art form here i'm not going to deny that but it's also in a huge form of entertainment
0: okay okay and and uh, just to backtrack a bit you said a uh, bon de cine what is that
1: yeah um, it basically means a uh, comic? Okay,
0: that's that's the French like Yeah, it's
1: it's like it. s- like a a comic strip if you were to translate it directly, but it does mean comic. Okay. But if you say comics that that means like comics means uh, is probably an American comic. Okay, okay.
0: Well, thank you. Thank you for teaching me a little French. Hey, you're
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: Um I attended art school myself eons ago and I couldn't when I was a student, I couldn't see past the next month, right? I was in no way <laughs> equipped with the know-how of how to plan my future, right? So, where where are you in uh, deciding on uh, your focus? You know, where do you want to show? Uh, where do you envision yourself going once you graduate school?
1: I am an art history major. <laughs> Oh, so you don't,
0: your your field isn't visual art?
1: It is, technically
0: speaking. Oh, okay. But
1: I, I was in applied arts, a special school, applied arts high school. Then I went to programming, into programming. Now I'm in art history. Okay. But throughout, I continue to draw comics, and I'm hoping that it will do what all of my what my previous things have done, which has influenced me. And I usually go with how I feel about things. So if I feel that this is the right way, that this is what pulls uh, whatever I feel pulled towards, I try my best to trust. (laughs) So yes. I think that, in, I mean, I'm hoping that in the future, I will be able to get much further with my comics. That's always been my goal, especially to publish a print book is something that I would really love to do. To have a print book that I'm proud of. It's a full printed comic.
0: What's your dream publishing company?
1: I don't have one. Okay. <laughs> I always, uh, well, I've, Thought of um, independent publishing or a small publishing company? Okay.
0: Okay. Maybe like a, a place where you can um, have a mutually uh, a mutual growth experience.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I don't really, um, I mean, hey, if Random House approached me, I would not be upset, but it's, just, <laughs> it's not something that I've necessarily thought of um, due to the fact that, you know, they take a large percentage. I'm not too sure about the creative control. I'm not too sure about the, just the whole business in general. Right, it, It's a huge corporation, I and um, I, I don't really know about that. It's yeah. Not something that I've felt. I, I haven't really felt their vibe much, but I, you know that that part of what I want in the future is to maybe either publish it independently or in a, in a small company or something. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. yeah, and you know to to continue and expand on the educational comics, especially because I really like. I just really like inspiring younger people younger people and they they're really open to things and just i feel like there's so much that kids can learn now these days so you know that's that's definitely something i'd like to keep going
0: that's right and i i believe that uh using comics as a tool as an educational tool is definitely the way to go for reading literacy for just fostering creativity in kids and seeing possibilities and different character uh just different characters reflecting who they are and yeah, just so many possibilities there as as uh with comics as as an educational tool
1: and it comes from my mother and my family they we're basically a family of educators and well, education that's, that's beautiful was, <laughs> yeah yeah well, I mean. It's just it, it's funny because education is the most undervalued. Not sure you would say industry, but probably at lifestyle.
0: You know,
1: yeah, uh, yeah. Or, Interest you know, educators have are are very undervalued, in my opinion, because it takes so much of your soul to teach someone something. If you're if you're really truly invested and in that you're doing it well and i that's that's how we we can basically need to advance is we need to be educated and of course the education that it's very wide it's not like oh you have to know xyz and you better be good at arithmetic's kind of education there's just so many different types of education and i think especially now that's what people need
0: definitely i i agree <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm a big
0: proponent of of education in in whatever way it can be consumed it, it can be gathered in one's life no matter no matter the age honestly yeah yeah um well my my last set of questions is around uh your music tastes and um in particular you you're um contributing to afropunk um mm-hmm. i i think that the reason why I found your work was so familiar is maybe because I read your piece on your work oh, in Afropunk. That, yeah. <laughs> that could be it. Um, and either way, I'm just I'm glad. Um, but so, yeah, you're an Afropunk contributor. Uh, how involved is Afropunk in your life? And um, do you see yourself tabling there in the future at, oh. at, at the festival?
1: Well, that could actually be pretty interesting. I was hoping to make it to, I made it to the first Afro-Punk Paris and I was like, I was really happy. (laughs) Um, The scene looks really
0: awesome in the pictures.
1: Oh yeah, it's a lot. When I um, first came here this summer, I was surprised at how big it was over here. Oh yeah, (laughs) I had like I didn't have that conception. So for me, Afro Punk Paris was like huge, and (laughs) I'm hoping to make it to the second one. I just I really enjoy what they're doing, and to to table there would probably be pretty nice. Yeah, you know it's funny uh, that it's something I actually had not thought of. (laughs) Oh no kidding! Enough, I just had not. And not cross my mind, but um, well,
0: you know what though? I mean, there are so many possibilities. There's yeah, so exactly. many places. There are. No,
1: you're right. You're yeah. right. Yeah.
0: So, you know, I mean, whatever. Like wherever, wherever you, wherever that kind of opportunity or experience will serve you, in, yeah. in your path, I think, you know, you have a right to choose or to not choose. You know. Um, mm that's just one place that I've met a lot of artists at Um, and for sure a lot of musicians. So, and you know, like I said, I saw that you were a contributor and I was just curious about that.
1: Yeah. It's, they have such a great energy and I just, I love it. And I love what it's become from what it was originally. It's evolved so much into instead of being Afro and punk is two separate words put together. It's become some whole experience Oh yeah, it's
0: it's a beast now. <laughs> it's a yeah, yeah, it's a machine now. So,
1: um,
0: what music are you listening to lately?
1: Uh, wow, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I always listen to like a lot of post-punk, um, just a lot of alternative music in general. Okay. Um, recently, I've been binge-listening this Swedish band called Ghost. Oh, I've I, heard of
0: them. I've I, I, I've never heard their music, but I've heard of them. From, oh yeah, like, I fully endorse them.
1: Okay. <laughs> and basically because they um they put on a real show, and it's just I I like the themes. I really I just I like the whole energy that they put off and everything. And you know, there's. They they seem like they actually research what they're doing, and their goal is not to make like despite their image. Their goal is really to make people happy, and it's funny. It, their music sounds kind of almost has this almost holy feel to it, <laughs> oh. and I really like that. I just feel like it sounds otherworldly, which is which is nice. So. Yeah, that's one of the things. And then I've been listening to a little bit more in- industrial, uh, various bands. So <laughs> Cool, cool. You okay. know. All right, sweet. Um, would uh,
0: My last question is, Denver the developer, what album <laughs> would he be listening to right now?
1: Oh. <laughs> um, I
0: mean, he has his big headphones. He doesn't it, go anywhere yeah. without them.
1: Denver would probably be listening to something electronic. Nice. Like who? I always imagined. Or he would be listening to, um, thinking maybe either symphonic, death metal, or black metal. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) All right, all right, all right. Probably what people were listening to at 42. (laughs) You know, there's a common theme among developers. Hmm. All right. Cool.
0: Well, um, that's it for our interview today. And I thank you so much for your time. I got to pick your brain a little bit about your work and about who you are as a person. And I got to pick your brain about music, which is fun. (laughs) Um, and yeah, I, I, you have a new fan here, and I will be following your body of work for a, a long time. So, yeah. Kudos to you and good luck with all that you do. And I will see you at the next con.
1: Thank you so much for having me. This was great. All right, I'm so glad that you like my work. This is very flattering. (laughs) All right, thanks. Yep.
0: I had a great time interviewing Kaylin Pickens-Rich. And I know that when you check out her work, you'll be impressed with its uniqueness too. You can find her work on dillcomics.com and on Patreon.com slash DrKaelin. Fans of Dr. Kalen can connect with her on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Stay tuned for more interviews like this one on the Pondering Nerdcast. Don't forget to check out our podcast on iTunes and Stitcher. For more content, please visit PonderingNerds.com or our podcast home at GamingRebellion.com. And lastly, we're on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. So please connect.